0: We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live, about to get the show started. I'm excited. I feel like we haven't done a podcast episode in a while. Last week, we did uh, anatomy trivia with Professor Matt Kondo. We did like some, uh, like an NPTE review. So there, I just got to play game show host. That was fun, too uh but uh back in the saddle again so let's do this thing uh before we get started i do want to say thanks so much i feel like this sponsor very apropos i'm not even sure if i'm using that word right but i've heard it at dinner parties uh want to thank one of our sponsors cbdrx for you that's your cbd store there you can find the abcs of cbd again cbdrx for you dot com uh just did an interview with uh dr ferrari who is the expert uh, he's got several degrees in, in chemistry. He went, he got re- he got above my head real quick, real quick in the interview, but you can listen to it. I know some people listen to podcast episodes on like one and a half or two times speed. I would listen to that one on 0.5 speed just because it went by fast for me in terms of chem- chemistry. Uh, also want to thank our friends from uh, MW Therapy. Listen, if you're a, a clinician out there and you've got an EMR that you're like, I don't love it. Why? Well, maybe you're like, I feel locked in because I got to undo and change things. That's an issue. But what if it was easy to actually make the switch? That's what MW Therapy focuses on. Great EMR. It's current. Time for something better. Time for something customizable. That's where MW Therapy enters. Take a demo. No strings. Just take it for a test drive if you're thinking about it. Uh, at mwtherapy.com, that's mwtherapy.com, where they focus, they heard you when you said, I would love to switch, but I feel so tied. Um, We're switching your EMR is easy. So thanks again to uh, mwtherapy.com for sponsoring the show, all in one PT software. Uh, We're gonna get into some interesting discussion. I mentioned uh, cbdrx4u.com, your CBD store being our sponsor. Tonight, we're talking cannabis in the 21st century. I feel like everything speeds up these days, like technology and how we progress and medicine and science, but also like rules and regulations, like what's going on here. So we're actually going to talk about cannabis in the 21st century. Let's let's get the science, the facts, the rules, the regs, the whole nine. Um, Dead honest, full disclosure, my knowledge of cannabis came from probably a smoke-filled dorm room like most of you right just whoever was the oldest dude in the room who sounded like he knew what the hell he was talking about you were like yeah okay and then you repeated that to the freshman behind you and they maybe i'm just disclosing too much but you understand what i mean but let's let's not do that let's let's undo that so we're going to talk cannabis in the 21st century with some experts in the topic and without further ado and you know how much i love me some ado let's start this thing All right. Welcome to PT Pinecast. We say it's great physical therapy conversations on tap. I'm your host, physical therapist, uh, Jimmy McKay, part time radio DJ, full time podcast. I don't even know what I do I want to say hi to Mike Pasco from Colorado. He's saying, wow, things have changed since that low THC back in the day. I don't know what you're talking about, Mike. Human Resources is watching and listening. I don't know what you're discussing. Uh, follow us on the socials at PT Pinecast, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We've also got a Facebook group. A lot of good discussions going on there, including our latest book club, which we just launched. All those things are free. Uh, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to this on whatever podcast app you're listening on, make sure to find subscribe. Just to be clear, subscribe doesn't mean it costs anything, shows free, but for some reason they like to say subscribe and that just makes sure you never miss an episode when it comes out because we talk about, well, cannabis one episode and I don't know, amputation and limb loss uh, in the next episode, which we'll be doing tonight. So uh, let's get into cannabis in the 21st, uh, 21st century. Uh, tonight, our guests, physical therapists and business partners of PT Cannabis Info, they believe everybody should know the real deal about cannabis—not that stuff from the dorm room, not that. Uh, from writing book chapters to teaching uh, continuing education courses nationally and internationally, they're passionate about bringing a new perspective to physical therapists on the use of medical marijuana in patient and healthcare education. So let's bring them in the studio, Ellen Anderson and Lori Zucker. Ellen and Lori, welcome to the show.
2: Hello, Hello. good to hey, see Jimmy. you.
1: Jimmy. Uh, ladies, welcome. Um, I'm just, you know, the first question is always the hardest. We get it out of the way, since this is PT Pint cast. Uh, what are we drinking tonight? What's, what's on tap with you guys? Lori, what do you got?
2: Uh, I have a 14-year-old single malt uh, Caribbean cast scotch. <laughs>
1: Wow, really going very, very deep. I like that. And uh, Ellen is holding up something that looks like an old fashioned.
0: Yes, it is absolutely, absolutely an old fashioned, and it's made with a whiskey that's brewed, um, distilled actually about four blocks from where I live.
1: No, oh, very yeah. nice. Well, cheers to you. I suddenly feel out, I feel outmanned and outgunned. I've got a Mick Ultra because I'm in the middle, of, I'm in the middle of moving, and this is all we had in, the, in my new refrigerator. So, cheers to you, ladies. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, thanks to our friends at Owens Recovery Science for bringing you the first round uh, leaders in blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. If you want to add that to your clinical practice and do it safely, they've got the certification, the science, their own podcast, as well as the equipment to apply it in clinic and in your practice safely online at OwensRecoveryScience.com. And as I mentioned, they also have their own podcast, the Owens Recovery Science uh, podcast, uh, PT Pintcast. I feel like it could easily be just, I feel like we could tweak this and make this a completely different show. This could be uh, PT podcast at any moment. If someone wants to run out and just take that URL, you are completely fine with that. All right. So let's get into, uh, let's get into the, uh, the, we'll get into your backstory eventually, but I want to start with like sort of the basics. Um, what are some of those frequently asked questions that you get asked? You guys teach nationally, internationally, continuing education. The, I imagine the difference between medical marijuana and stuff people are doing in dorm rooms or in their living rooms or basements well all over, like what's the difference between the two? Is there a difference between the two? I'm already showing my lack of knowledge, but that's why we have you guys here. So um, start there because I feel like we got to go macro before we go micro.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'll start. Um, so there There is a difference, but there really isn't a difference. So with medical marijuana, a patient knows exactly what he or she is getting because you go to a dispensary, um, the product is well tested, and there are recommendations regarding um, the dosage given your your condition and given your symptoms. When we talk about um, adult use, again, we have a situation where Um, Going to a dispensary and purchasing it for your own personal needs—perhaps it's medical, perhaps it's more recreational—you know what's in that product to the best of the ability that the labeling is accurate. When you're, uh, you know, buying your weed from your buddy, you know, on the street corner or wherever it is, um, you're not really sure what that plant is. You're not really sure what the cannabinoids are in that plant.
1: Yeah, or it might be oregano, for all that you know, and maybe you're ripped off. You never know. I'm sure that's <laughs> never happened uh, to you guys. Um, you know, uh, advantage to having um, that medical. So what I'm hearing is, you're you. I feel like you're having um, a safety net, or you're having information, you're having insight on both sides, right? You're having a medical professional pay attention to you and being able to dose from their from their clinical experience, as well as hoping, as you mentioned, uh, Ellen. That the how accurate the labeling uh, uh, can be.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to let Laurie handle the idea that there's a medical professional advising you because that can be a little bit
2: mm, spicy. So, so it, Jimmy, that's a great question because who is advising you is actually one of the big ticket items in, in the early stages of, especially uh, in in the New Jersey where we are, but in other parts of the country, no. In certain states, it could be a, a bud tender, a person who has taken a 450-hour course, learned a little bit of something, they've been working in a dispensary, maybe that was the person who has been smoking weed in their in their dorm room and has a lot of personal knowledge. But in those dispensaries, when you go and say, Listen, I'm struggling with sleep or I've got a little anxiety or you know, my my knee is in in a lot of pain and I'd like to it to feel better, they actually have some. Information better than maybe even the healthcare professional because they're doing it every single day, but maybe not. A, maybe not a medical professional who is guiding the purchaser. In some states, there is a pharmacist in those dispensaries. In other states, you just don't know.
1: You Got it. Okay. So for, for, for a second there, it almost felt like, um you know, the people in a, in a running store who are giving you your running analysis, <laughs> and their only experience was, well, they run a lot, they like wearing uh, Lululemon pants, and maybe they were given this, you know, introductory course um, in running analysis. So you never know, that person might be really, really skilled. Um, but you don't know in terms of credentials. So the bud tender, I had no idea that that was actually a name. I thought Mike Pasco was just in the comment section, just joking around, but yeah, the <laughs> bud tender. So that's the person who for better or for worse, like this is their, this is their jam and they work at these dispensaries. 100%.
2: Mm-hmm. When you go into a dispensary, somebody will greet you or somebody will come find you. If you're walking around, how can I help you? And that there are a couple of different names, but that is often the bud tender who will guide you towards product what gotcha. and ask you a few questions. Um you know different than let's say all of us as healthcare professionals, they might not know that much about a medical condition, right? But they right. know a lot about the product.
1: They know the product, right? So their rep, right, they're you know, to use the shoe analogy, their their, their yes. brooks or their new balance uh, rep said, hey, you know, if the person says they've got pain here, we want you to push this shoe. Um, you know, or you know, when they're when their bud tender uh, uh, rep comes in, they say this is great for sleep, we're getting good reports that this is good for anxiety. That's the information that they're being given. That's what they're telling patrons. Mm-hmm.
0: Precise. that's exactly right.
1: Got it. All right, so let's go chemistry now. I don't want to go too deep off the deep end. I mentioned we just did an episode with Dr. Ferrari, and he's got degrees in 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 chemistry. But let's go like chem light. Like I took a couple chem classes, otherwise I wouldn't be able to get into PT school. CBD and THC, like what? Let's let's get make sure we're on on good footing with those terms.
0: Okay, so THC and CBD are both cannabinoids, and they are found in a cannabis plant but there are also probably over 100 other cannabinoids in a plant. But what has been most studied, even though a lot of the studies have been in mice, are THC and CBD. And so Lori, go ahead and take a little bit more uh, or give a little more description about the difference?
2: So of course, THC is, is, you know, age old, what people used to just call marijuana or weed. And it's only recently that anybody even heard of CBD cannabidiol. Um, But they're both parts of what is a cannabis plant. Here's the here's the deal. Inside our bodies, um, I'm going to say 1992 or so, um, the researchers found out that we actually have a chemical inside our body that is suspiciously similar to THC. And so that's when they began to look at how is it possible that a plant outside in the world grows, can can create a psychoactive effect or create some kind of pain relief or something in our bodies? Where, do, where does it go? How does it interact with our systems? And they were able... To uh, bring us some information saying, not only does the plant outside your body have this, but you've got a similar chemical inside. And then they could do a lot of research looking to see what's going on. And so THC, we actually have our own natural, what's called an endocannabinoid inside our body as versus the phytocannabinoid, which is called THC. CBD, a, com- a completely different cannabinoid, and it interacts with other receptors in our body to help with, you know, anxiety, pain relief, um, sometimes neuropathic pain, pain from the nervous system. But as Ellen said, relative to CBD, it's mostly in mice, rats, cellular basis.
1: So, I mean, it just seems like the and from talking to my last interview about this is as as Mike is also pointing out in the chat. Complex system, receptors are everywhere. These are going to do different things in different doses to different people. You might give a dose to, you know, 10 different people, you're going to get 10 different re- responses.
0: Well, that is partly true. Um, I'd like to think that maybe we'll evolve to a time and place in which we're, we'll be able to prescribe it, that we might be able to find a profile of someone. But What's challenging about the endocannabinoid system, the ECS system, is that it is thought to work to bring us toward uh, a state of homeostasis. And so we know that we're constantly in and out of homeostasis. It You know, we're really sort of allostasis, like we're back and forth, back in and out, in and out. And that the, our endocannabinoid system aids us in reaching that that balance point. And so we're all walking around with kind of a different balance point, if you will, that that system is very sensitive to what's going on within our nervous system, our, our cardiopulmonary system and so on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As, uh, as people have talked to, you know, in terms of, of self dosing or dosing off of things that you're not a hundred percent sure um, what you're getting, how accurate it is, you can see more of that back and forth. Now you're trying to regulate, trying to to bring up and bring down. Not not a hundred percent uh uh accurate there. Why right. now we, we gotta go to back we gotta go to backstory right now. Uh how did you guys find each other in your shared love for for this topic <laughs> and, and those around it? Um, because you know, you don't seem like the guy that I ran into in my dorm room. Like you just don't, you do neither of you look or sound like it.
2: All right, Laurie, no, you take it, Laura. Okay, so it's a it's a great question because the truth is, yeah, I smoked weed at once <laughs> when I was 16. It was interesting, not again until I was already out of college, not so interested. I got other things to do. I like my scotch. Um so so but yeah, how do we get here? The truth is it's an interesting journey, and it's a journey through yoga where we are trying to help people to uh, feel more grounded. To heal, to find a way to help themselves, um, maybe a little bit complementary, a little bit uh, in addition to uh, traditional Western uh, medicine, and in in that in seeking, it isn't so surprising that you find a botanical, a natural plant that can sort of bring you to a similar state. And for some people, yoga's great, but when that doesn't work. We also have cannabis, and we came together uh, many, many years ago. First, teaching in yoga, but also uh, transitioning to cannabis because it's part of the mission: introduce people, teach them something that will add to what they already learned in health in healthcare, in PT school, or whatever school you've gone to.
1: It, it feels it feels very much like a journey, and that's sort of a theme on a lot of interviews that that and, and discussions that I have, which is. Um... Wait, there's no magic bullet for anything, right? As physical therapists, you know that. You, you might have 10 people with the same thing. You try the exact same thing 10 times, you're gonna get 10 different results. Um, so it almost feels like it makes sense where you're gonna go down this route and you're gonna find out a lot of things that work and then you're gonna say it doesn't work on anything, so what else? So almost as physical therapists, you're making that, you're making that journey where I want to continue to help people and I found a way to do that here. And then you find some people that don't react and you're like, okay, well now I need to go find that way for them uh, as well. As we had that website up on, uh, on the screen and that is going to be for uh, more information, ptcannabisinfo.com. What are some, uh, some questions that you get from, cause you guys teach about this mm-hmm. um, as physical therapists, where do we come into this? You know, we're maybe some PTs want to be bud tenders on the weekend. I don't know. But if you're not leaning that way and you're not, uh, prescribing this, right? Physical therapists aren't prescribing cannabis. Where do PTs fit in the in the solar system of CBD and THC and lions and tigers and bears and oh my?
0: Yeah. So what Lori and I feel very strongly about is that we would we advocate for therapists to talk with their patients about what are they doing to manage their condition? And you know, typically you would get to the end of an intake and it's like, so do you smoke? Do you drink? Like what do you you know? And that's a real negative way to look at things. Right. And there's got to even be a conversation about what home remedies do you use? you know when you open up that door and people feel comfortable saying, well, I take chicken soup, I eat chicken soup when I'm sick or, You know, I grew up in a house where you got, you know, a shot of bourbon if you had a sore throat, right? And so why are we shying away from having a conversation about people that might be using cannabis to manage something? And we see people who, of course, are stressed because they have to see a physical therapist. You know, there might be a fair amount of anxiety, whether it's uh, an anxiety disorder, or just a temporary kind of uh, state of mind. And those, those conditions can really interfere with the rehab process. Mm-hmm. So why not, why not avail ourselves to have a conversation with patients of their home remedies, whether it's chicken soup or whether it's cannabis? And from there, then you have to be apprised of what's legal, what's not what's available, what's not, Um, are they getting the benefit from using cannabis that they had intended? Can we advise them so that, you know, they, you know, eat the chicken soup at the right time, or they are using a product that might actually be more helpful for their needs?
1: right yeah i had a, had a conversation with uh, with Chuck Sacone a few uh, a few months ago, and he's you know, big in pharmacology, wrote the textbook that most yep. PT students are using. And the discussion that we had gotten in, I don't even know if we were recording at that time, but it's like, do you know how do you know how what your patients are taking outside the clinic is affecting their rehabilitation? First of all, mm-hmm. if you don't even know, if you haven't asked or if you haven't built a relationship, comfortable enough for them to tell you you're never going to know and then you're shooting in the dark right but if you're if you're if you're if you're seeing something with a little extra spit on the ball and you're not asking well what else might you be taking i mean we we know the accuracy right i mean we've all had a patient not to not to patient you know bash but we've had a patient where it's like are you taking in a medication and they say no and then they pull out heart pills and you're like wait a second <laughs> Hang on, a second. Hang on a second. What? <laughs> wait this these things in a pill bottle these are medications but a lot of people might think if I'm getting it over the counter, then I, you know, this doesn't count. I'm not going to bring that up. So even just having the conversation and then once you do being smarter to say, how are you taking this? How much, where are you getting it from? When are you actually taking this to know how it's going to affect their rehabilitation? Um, that's gotta be, that's gotta play into uh, the role of now a good physical therapist, right?
2: Well, I, um I had a patient example recently where a client of mine uh, was buying CBD. It was costing for himself $300 a month and his wife $300 a month because it was one of those pyramid schemes. And everybody um, was making a little bit of money. And I said, you know, bring me in the product. Let me take a look at it. You know, uh, you just, you know, we're advertising the CBD RX. Like, let me see what's going on there. And I was able to save him quite a bit of money by guiding him towards a product that cost him a hundred dollars a month. And you know, who could talk to him? Who, who better than the therapist who's helping you feel better anyway? Right.
1: Yeah. We're we're experts in this, right? And we've got that we've got that relationship. So why don't we use it? Use our powers for good and not use our powers for pyramid schemes, mm-hmm. which would be a great money making experience, but you know, just <laughs> terrible for the for the population. Um, let's talk about things that we might need to pay attention to. I remember in PT school was always making sure of red flags, mm-hmm. right? You know, so clinical guidelines, recommendations about dosing. Um, you know, you look for what should people be looking for in terms of an adverse effect. Drug interactions. This is where, like, you know, pharmacology, which I'm like already getting sweaty. Like, I remember I passed pharmacology, I swear. (laughs) But, like, this has got to be something that people ask you about when you guys lecture and teach about this. Um, Where do you advise physical therapists to go to get the right information about this? Uh,
0: Unfortunately, there's not a really uh, straightforward source for that kind of information. But what you typically think, I, I think the easiest thing. Um, for most therapists is think about what you would be looking for if a person came in intoxicated, came in drunk, right? So they're, they're slurring words, you know, you see um, movement behaviors that are different. They maybe have um, imbalance that they typically don't do. They're not able to stay focused, those types of things. And certainly we don't want to actively treat patients who are showing those kinds of signs, whether they come in drunk or whether we think that they're you know, high on cannabis. Um, but one of the things that um, I wanna say is that it can be that people can still use cannabis to manage their health status um, more smartly than coming in with these intoxicating effects. And one of the things we need to know as physical therapists is that how they, how they consume their products. So did they smoke? Did they use an edible? Um, where is the peak? How long is that going to last? Those are really important bits of information that we can talk to our patients about and advise them.
1: Yeah. I, I bet you, uh, you know, questions on intake forms too, would also include like Funyuns or do you order Domino? Like where are you, where's your, where's your munchie peak after this? Is there a good thing? You don't want to work with someone after their number one high, and then they've eaten two Domino's pizza and a bag of Funyuns. Right. All they want to do is take a nap, man. So that's not going to be great for rehabilitation.
2: Okay. So you're very interestingly, I had a patient today working uh, after a total shoulder replacement the advising her she's got to take her pain meds before she comes because we have work to do. She came in, she's like, I'm so sleepy. I can't, I can't function mm-hmm. taking five milligrams of, of a cotton. So, so, you know, we got great work done, but she couldn't function. I said, well, actually you're in a, a phase of your recovery where you're not supposed to be driving. You're not supposed to be going to work and this is what it's used for. And so Medicinal marijuana, cannabis that's used by our patients, is is a whole lot different than people who just want to show up high. Most people aren't all that happy about showing up like flying. That's a little recreational, and that's the no different than you know having a few scotches. <laughs> that's a different story. Um, but but medicinally, people want relief of symptoms, and that's where what other medications are you taking? You know, anti-inflammatories, muscle relaxants. Well, tell me what else we've got going on, and then we could talk about. Then we could talk about where cannabis fits in, how to do it, when to do it, that kind of thing.
1: Um, talking about uh, how to how to educate someone on what product is right for them. I sort of used that shoe analogy a few minutes ago. Where do you typically start? Is this, and it, uh, it, it depends, which we also put a, on a t-shirt. I feel like you can break that out. So I'll just get the, it depends out of the way. But where do, <laughs> how, how does a physical therapist who's working in a clinic right now, who wants to be better at this, how, where do they begin in terms of how to give good information?
2: You know, Ellen. Ellen just spoke about the mode of administration. Are you smoking? Are you eating an edible? Are you doing a tincture under your tongue? so the patient needs to tell me you know we anybody who was smoking weed they know fast in fast out you know based on based on whatever you're doing you know an edible could take anywhere from you know let's say 45 minutes to an hour and a half two hours to get into your system and have its effect so you have to tell me what you need what else is going on in your life like any other medication that we talk about When should you be taking this to get the the desired effect? So, you know, my patient who wakes up in the morning with chronic pain takes a quick couple of puffs, even if it's vaping, and that gets them out of bed and gets them to work. You might then, uh, you know, take a gummy because at lunchtime, you know, you're gonna be really hurting, but by then that will come online. And so it's about smart use depending on what it is you wanna do. And I, honestly, I gotta tell you, it's no different than the conversations we were having years ago about, I gotta go to a wedding tonight and I'm gonna be in a lot of pain and then discussing with somebody, how are you gonna dose? How are you gonna use your medications?
1: Right, okay. So see, when you put it in that perspective, I would actually never heard of fast in, fast out before, by the way, that's mm. the first time I ever heard that. That's right. might- that's smoking. The guy, yeah, the guy in my next dorm room definitely didn't discuss that. Um, but but it's 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 good to hear something like that and to be able to have these discussions. And you don't want these the first discussion about something like this to be in front of a patient. So it's good that people, you know, that your website exists, ptcannabisinfo.com, that we're having this discussion now uh, more and more frequently as things are becoming legal. But then kind of legal. So where do we go in terms of like legislation, right? Like things are, it gets confusing, like things are legal to use, but not buy it. I'm like, then do you have to steal it or grow it? Then you can grow. So where do you send people for good information? Because this show is heard all over the country and, and internationally. Where's good information? Because we don't want people breaking the law. Most people don't want to be breaking the law. So how do we stay within this? Where did you, where do you guys typically go for your, for your good information?
2: Um, huh.
0: well um, believe it or not there is a Wikipedia page that is updated on a regular basis that is pretty darn good when it comes to being up to date on is is um, CBD legal to use is um, cannabis legal it's called legality of cannabis by US jurisdiction and it's It is actually quite accurate because Lori and I have done some checks with um, states like kind of on a state by state basis. And it is terribly confusing because even though hemp was legalized through the Farm Act, which just happened in, you know, two years ago. um, And that's why we saw all the CBD flood the market is because you can get CBD from hemp there are still some states that are, you know, saying, well, we won't enforce it, but technically speaking, um, you really can't consume CBD legally. Um, And so it would be so much easier to say you can follow the cannabis rules and regs regarding THC because CBD is safe, but that's not really the case in every part of
2: the country. You know, Jimmy, remember that uh, federally, cannabis remains illegal. It's right. state by state by state. So, it, a, and honestly, you know, if you're not paying attention and six months goes by, the state could have changed their rules because something came up. Yeah. And so it's, it's, you're asking to go crazy, but it's hard. It's hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is where we also go, you know, always check your state practice act. You know, I was just going to say that.
0: Yep. Yep, you have to go by what's going on in your state. Just like, you know, what we're allowed to do as physical therapists in New York or New Jersey is different in Florida and Texas.
1: Yeah, I used to plead ignorant and ignorance in PT school, which you can't plead ignorance with something like this.
2: No, and, and and actually we were we were just discussing this, you know, in New Jersey at Rutgers, it's a state university, it gets federal funding, and they have different rules than the actual state of New Jersey sure. because they don't want to run a foul. Uh and In this administration, you know, which was similar to the Obama administration, it was sort of a lay low, don't prosecute, relax. There was the coal memo that went out that said, hey, it's illegal, but there'll be no prosecutions. Then we got into a different administration, which was like, you know, get back to it. Right. You know, and so you don't know from moment to moment.
1: It's so confusing. Let's just be clear about it. (laughs) <laughs> um, and you don't want to be getting, although maybe, maybe a subscription to high times is actually the, the, the way to keep your, your, your finger on the pulse of what's going on.
0: Ganta news. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, what, uh, uh, current cannabis research. I just want to give a nod to research. Um, what are, what are we looking into or what are the things that are, uh, that are on the docket that's, that are important. That's, you know, that's going to come up in the next three, five, seven years.
0: Okay. So I, I think what Lori and I would like to make clear is that. When uh, a therapist sees that there is research on cannabis in humans, it is likely not on the plant. It is likely on the pharmaceutical derivative or manufactured on um, THC. The only um, drug that has been investigated and, dis- and demonstrated to be effective and that's in certain childhood epilepsies is uh, Satovix. and so that uh, epidyalex. I'm sorry, thank you, epidyalex. And so epidyalex is um, from from the plant itself, rather than being manufactured. So now, when you when we see any of the other studies that are coming out. That may have included people who have vaped or have smoked or have used whole plant. Those studies are very small, um, and they're not coming from the United States.
2: I think that um, one of the things that CBD, in particular, because again, one of your sponsors, it's like this is a this is a, a cannabinoid that has vast potential. There are receptors all over the body, as you mentioned, but. But almost all the research has been done in vitro, in a, in a, in a Petri dish, on cells, outside the body. Uh, does it apply here? Does it go there? What happens? And that's because at least here in the United States, it was only two, three years ago that it even became legal enough to produce. And once it becomes a commercial product, you, you know you tell me who's gonna go out and get a, a research grant to do something that you buy on the corner. Yeah. So it becomes a barrier to research that we have all over the United States. It's it, we're do- doing better in Israel, in Europe, in Canada, but here in the US, um, human research is is lacking. And you know, then it becomes commercial. And the uh, and each commercial entity puts out there their own research and then it's of questionable use. You know, it may be good, maybe good, but but we don't know yet.
1: Like everything else, right? like understand your sources, understand like you know how how is this research done as you mentioned. Um, uh, I saw on your uh, on your website that uh, there was actually there was a re- there was an anniversary <laughs> for four twenty and I didn't read the uh, I didn't read the blog entry for that website ptcannabisinfo.com, but I, I wanted you guys to have a chance to explain where where to for I don't even I, I just assumed four twenty <laughs> just sort of popped up out of nowhere, but where did it come from?
0: Yeah, so it came it came from a group of teenagers in California who who believed that there was this map, this treasure hunt, you know, that would bring them to this this field of cannabis, um, and they would meet and go out and try to find this field, and they would meet at um, 420. And so it became code instead of saying, we're going to go smoke a joint and then we're going to go try to look for this field of weed. They would just say 420, 420. And so they would meet. Um, And it became part of, you know, urban culture to the point where, uh, you know, uh, bands had picked it up and they are, are, they're called the Waldos. And they're very proud of the fact that they have been 100% vetted um, and that they are the the originators of 420.
1: Wow, a bunch of kids getting high, looking for a uh, for a secret treasure <laughs> map. That 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 feels like it checks out.
2: And, but but it's important for it's important for our people to know a lot of sales on 420. If you go to the dispensary, you know, which is down and dirty, you know, it, it's expensive. There's a lot of taxes. Yeah, that do your buying that day. <laughs>
1: Well, let's give it on to your website, uh, which we can throw on the screen as well. It's just ptcannabisinvo.com. What are people going to find there? What are physical therapists going to find there in terms of resources uh, to help them uh, improve and, and get a little more education?
0: Right. So what they'll find is a little bit of information. What we try to do, Jimmy, is find something that we think of as interest to the general population as well as rehab professionals. So some science that we've distilled. And so we, we try to make it very kind of accessible, you know, a little folksy in the writing, but typically we are sort of well referenced, if you will. Um, And at times there's a need to use several references to come up with sort of a conclusion. And the idea is that we'd like to be a little bit uh, informative, but also a little bit thought provoking in the information that we
2: have there.
1: And do it fun like have fun yeah. doing it right And you know a blog right. entry on uh, the origin of 420.
2: right mm-hmm. right but but let's talk a little bit um uh, about one one of the blog entries which we're we're particularly proud of is hey we are medical professionals and if somebody comes in and they're saying yeah i'm using a gummy or a tincture and it's five milligrams but the next guy comes in and says i'm smoking how do you equate those how can you do it so there's there's a blog post thc math you know whoever thought you'd have to do math again and how you know how do you talk to a person who's smoking but try to figure out what it is you know how many milligrams what are we talking about one breath two breath you know it one inhale two it it's hard so there's that and and there's also a glossary of terms because i think as healthcare professionals we need to understand what we're talking about and so it's a living document as things new things come out it changes um, to add things.
1: That plays to the, the communications, uh, uh, my communications heart, which is let's make sure we're using the same terms. I mean, how many times have you been having a conversation with someone and realize you're actually, you're actually using two different terms or you're using two different terms in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's gotta be an app for that. Can you say, hey, Siri, you know, what's an ounce <laughs> versus a milligram? I'm not sure if you can do that, if Siri's been programmed that way. She was born in California, right? They're a little crunchy <laughs> out there the, uh, on the left coast. But she uh, isn't perfect. She is not. But she is. Uh, Want to say thanks to our uh, our sponsors, sponsors Physical uh, Balance and Therapy. Uh, if you're ready to discover, how a largest network of P- uh, PT private practice owners are growing and adapting to industry changes. Visit physicalfranchise.com. That's physicalfranchise.com. Spell physical. F Y Z I C A L franchise.com. Uh, when your goals and their goals align. With together with physical, they continue to retain a hundred percent equity in your business and a hundred percent autonomy in running their practice. So, why not do that if you're looking to uh, level up? Because, on average, uh, more than forty percent of private practice owners who join physical, their network grows by more than forty percent. So, again, physical uh, physicalfranchise.com. All right, are you guys ready to play? We, we have a tradition on the show called Three Questions. Are you guys ready to play uh, Three Questions? Sure. Before? Let's do three questions. We love this one. All right. Uh, three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing. That's FusionMedStaff.com. Leaders and hashtag travel physical therapy. Uh, as a PT, you have a unique set of skills with your in-depth medical knowledge. Where can you apply it? Find touch and confidence. You can make a huge impact on people's lives. Let your PT or PTA license take you where you want to go. Uh, find uh, uh, great places to, to travel about the country and do what you do well online at FusionMedStaff.com com. All right. So three questions. We start with a where question. We'll go Ellen and then Lori Ellen. Uh, question number one. Uh, where is somewhere in the in the U.S. that you just you love to go and you haven't haven't been recently or somewhere that you just you just think it's a great corner of the world?
0: Oh, yeah. I haven't ever been to Oregon.
1: Got to go. Pacific Northwest. Highly recommend. Okay. Lori, what do you think? Where's your where?
2: I like New Orleans.
1: Yeah, NOLA. Ooh, I was this close to moving to NOLA about a year and a half ago. Ooh, (laughs) it was very hard to say no. Second question is a what question. Uh, What's something you've watched or read or listened to, a book, a movie, a podcast, something you think the audience would get value from, Ellen?
0: Oh, so Michael uh, Pollan's book, Your Brain on Plants.
1: Perfect. Yeah, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Very on Ellen. Lori, what do you got?
2: Okay, well, I happen, I happen to like that one, but I'm going to go with the Midnight Library.
1: What's that um, one about? What's Midnight Library?
2: It's a, jur- a, a woman's journey. She's about to commit suicide, and she does whatever she does, and then in the interim period between life and death, she travels through her life and Ooh. lives all the potentials to see what could have happened. I like um, that. Not so different than Michael Pollan maybe using... You know, opium or pale?
1: Something, something introduced (laughs) to the body. Okay, interesting choice. I like it. Uh, Last question. It always begins and ends with people. So uh, third question is, uh, who is someone the audience should know more about? This is like your chance to maybe give a nod to someone who does great work or, you know, shed some light on a human that deserves uh, some kudos. What do you think, Ellen?
0: Okay, so this guy is on the forefront of my brain because we just had lunch with him last Uh week and um we've been chatting for about a year hoping to collaborate and that's uh Dr. Joe Tata from the Integrative Pain Science. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Lori, who's your who? I'm
2: going to I'm going to go with an elder that we owe a lot to Rafael Mashulam. Dr. Rafael Mashulam, the father of medical cannabis.
1: Perfect. All right. That's uh three questions from our friends at Fusion Medstaff. Online Fusion Leaders in hashtag travel physical therapy. Last thing we do on the show, we call it the parting shot. Parting shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. You find them online at orthopt.org. Uh, they've got this uh this, this perfect roadmap from wherever you are. That's why roadmaps are great. Doesn't matter where you are, as long as you're on the map, you can get to where you want to go. Uh, current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy, perfect roadmap from wherever you want to go to improving your skill set, improving your knowledge as an orthopedic physical therapist. Some people even use it as a roadmap to uh, take that OCS exam. So what are you looking to do in your career as an orthopedic physical therapist? Who better to learn from than the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy? We'll go in the same order. We'll go Ellen (laughs) and then Lori. Uh, Your parting shot, last chance for a mic drop moment, a soapbox statement, whatever you want to wrap up and leave the audience with. Ellen, your parting shot. Take it away.
0: Okay. Given the uh, need for providing all people uh, the cannabis that they need to manage their health conditions um, there's not enough weed in New Jersey.
1: Let's get what's get let's 420 New Jersey up. Maybe there's some sort of group that could yeah. help us with that. I like it. All right, Lori, parting shot. What are you going to leave with the audience?
2: I I would I would like to tell pretty much any healthcare professional out there, you got to have an open mind that there are patients for whom cannabis is a hugely, hugely helpful uh, medication. And, you know, we've come to this with a lot of different messages. I grew up with a message, you know, we we started, uh, I think if we took a survey of uh, physical therapists, we hear a lot of different messaging, Be have an open mind that this that. is something that could really help.
1: I love that. And uh, usually we wrap up the show right now, but I just noticed this question from Mike <laughs> Pascoe. Uh, What is the APTA position on medical marijuana? Is there one? I was like, "Ooh, good question." Do Do you guys know this? I'm throwing you on the spot, but what do Do you happen to know the answer?
0: Uh, From From what I know, there is no um, no standard no stance on medical marijuana um, by APTA. Lori, do you have other insight?
2: There is no stance, but but I'll share with you our experience um, before COVID that literally right before COVID at combined sections meeting in 2019, we were invited. There were a thousand people in the room and we were speaking through the neurology section about cannabis and introducing cannabis in care of people that had neurological, uh, issues. We, uh, submitted something for, uh, CSM 2020 and we were, or 2021 and we were told, thank you. This is a wonderful, wonderful uh, topic, but we don't think physical therapists are ready to hear this. It might be a little bit too edgy. And so I I don't know. The APTA does not have an official stance, but our experience section by section, quite different. Quite that. different
1: okay uh listen telehealth and uh w- was the same thing which was a couple years ago yeah. years ago two years ago which is ah this is something nice but we won't have to talk about it <laughs> you know i feel like things move uh things move pretty fast uh uh you know these days so maybe we'll be hearing more about uh cannabis and its use um in the near future uh ladies appreciate you guys taking the time out to uh to share some insight again that website we'll put it in the show notes of this episode uh they say the best conversations happen at happy hour thanks for coming on
0: you. follow us online
1: welcome to the internet my friend how can i help you
0: facebook twitter and instagram at pt pinecast
1: the show today is brought to you by the brooks institute of higher learning an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education the brooks ihl offers seven on-site pt residencies including orthopedics women's health geriatrics pediatrics sports and neurology The P.T.
0: Pinecast is a product of P.T. Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by P.T. Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk P.T., drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the P.T. Pinecast. The P.T. Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.